0: Good morning. Well, obviously, because I'm up here, you realize Pastor Bill is still sick. He, uh, he had a relapse on Monday and uh, got around to going to the doctor on Friday where they gave him a shot and an inhaler and all different kinds of pills to take, and, and hopefully he'll get over it. Um, but he was sounding still pretty rough yesterday. So you can continue to pray for him. Uh, You know, this is my uh, favorite time of the year. It really is. Even as a kid, I can remember always looking forward to Christmas time. It was the highlight of the entire year. One thing about it was it was the only time of the year other than Easter I went to church. My folks were, or my mom was a good Lutheran who, you know, on Christmas and Easter would go to church. A question for you. How many of you, as children, or have participated in a service like this where you sang? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have sang in a choir? Now, be honest. Lift your hand. All right. Choir director, look around. (laughs) Start writing down names. These are all the potential people for next year. Okay, Christmas time is a tremendous time of the year. This year, you know, everybody's getting ready for Christmas. We, I noticed that at um, Costco that even before Thanksgiving, all the stuff was brought out for Christmas. A lot of people that offends. It doesn't really offend me because I love the season. The sooner it can get started, the better. But you know we uh, what we see going on is now is the fact that um, that the stores are so crowded. We do most of our shopping at Smoky Point. It is a nightmare to get around. There are so many people out shopping. I think the day after or the Monday after um, Thanksgiving, uh, we went in there and You couldn't find a parking spot, even all the way over by the gas pumps. It was so packed. And it's like it's been that way the whole Christmas season. So people are buying gifts. Every channel on the radio has Christmas music. I did notice one thing, though. Fewer houses are actually... Putting lights out and, and ornaments and stuff like that. But again, it's one of those things of the season that really look forward to, to drive around and see all the different uh, homes and how they dress them up. Uh, we always, we've pretty made, much made it a tradition to go to the lights of Christmas and see the two million or five million or whatever million lights that is that they put up over there. There's lots of things that we do in preparation for Christmas. Um, in our house, actually the process begins right before Thanksgiving. There's a massive cleaning project where the house is cleaned and and it's gotten ready for all the decorations that are going to come out. In fact, we actually decorate for the fall season, so there's fall decorations already out. Uh, but in, then at uh, Thanksgiving time, um, right after Thanksgiving, we... Uh, bring all the Christmas boxes up from downstairs. And we've had to build a whole room just to hold all the Christmas ornaments and all the storage uh, because I really like decorations. But anyway, all those boxes are brought up and they're stacked. And then we begin to uh, take down all the old decorations and clear the bookcases and and just get everything ready for Saturday after Thanksgiving to begin the decorating process, Okay. The first thing that has to happen is I have to go downstairs and set the tree up for Regina because she always wants the tree in, in her little apartment down there. And then, uh, then the de- decorations begin to go up. Um, and uh, one of the things that's a focal point in our house is uh, our fireplace. And so uh, we have, gee, I don't know how many fake poinsettias, you know, and they're all over. We, I love the red, and, the, and in fact, they, they look so real, though. I did have people, are those real poinsettias? We were asked last night, actually, and uh, they look so real. But we love the red poinsettias. And so the ornaments are put out, and, and uh, Saturday the decorating just starts, and it's an all-day process if we can get it done in that time. Um, then, after you get done with that, um, Again, Sherry arranges the the mantle and the bookcase and and uh, and the different decorations we have are actually decorations that we've gathered from the children that have made them, you know, over the years at you know in Sunday school and that type of thing to gifts that have come over the forty years that we've been well almost forty years we've been married, and so all of that comes out and all those get put out and and um, you know it's it's just it's just a I just really enjoy it. Um, well, with all this done, the work of preparation has just started. Now, I'll have to say, I'm a little ashamed that I'm almost done, okay? But my wife, she still has a lot to do, okay? Um, the final preparations for Christmas revolve around the gifts. You know, lists are made what people want, what people need, uh, and the shopping begins. And then there's multiple trips. I mean, when I say multiple trips, I mean there's how many trips? Ten trips at least, or 15 trips to the store to buy different stuff so that we're able to um, to give gifts and to receive gifts. Now the wrapping begins. Now you got the presents, now you have to wrap them. And uh, again, I have to say I'm somewhat negligent in this area. Uh, I don't make her wrap her own gift, though. I do wrap Sherry's gift for her. So I've got that going for me. This month, it's estimated that 2 billion, over 2 billion people, will celebrate Christmas. Amid the candle and carols and smell of cedar and incense, the old story will be told again about Gabriel's visit the journey to Bethlehem, the arrival of the babe uh, in the stable, the glorious announcement of the angels to the shepherds in the evening, the star in the east, and the mission of the magi. The story is familiar. And in a world of great religious diversity, there will be great doubt and disbelief about all things biblical. But, you know, that's not our problem we have a different thing that we have to watch out for in the midst of all the going and decorating and buying and giving of gifts. And that is the danger we face each year is simply familiarity. Knowing the story all too well, so well, in fact, that we miss the wonder of the story. Mark Twain said that familiarity breeds contempt. When we were first saved, do you remember when you were How many of you were saved when you were a little bit older? Raise your hand. We'll have a participation here. Okay. How many of you were saved when you were young, real young? About a 50-50 split. I was older, but I was 27 when I got saved. But I can remember uh, when I first got saved, that experience of knowing the Lord. And that first Christmas, I was saved uh, on May 5th, and so my first Christmas, I can remember uh, the newness of my relationship with Christ and the, and the excitement that I had in, um, in that whole experience with him. In the beginning, we were awed by him. But today, uh, perhaps, we're not so amazed His presence became more routine over the years, more ordinary, more commonplace. The songs that we sing can become habits rather than us really entering in with our hearts and really worshiping God through singing. In fact, it's amazing when you're up here how many people don't sing. They don't even have a song in their heart. And yet they come to church. Now they may say, well, you don't want me to sing. You know, I have a voice, I don't know, I've always been told, make a joyful noise. If nothing else, make a joyful noise to the Lord. But, you know, uh, the Bible we read becomes, can become more dry and old, and the whole process can become an obligation rather than an excitement about what God's going to reveal to our hearts and show us. The testimonies of our brothers and sisters who have gotten saved. You know, we've heard it all and we've seen it all over the years, us older Christians who are here. The birth of Christ, the wonder is gone. 500 years ago, Martin Luther said that the mystery of the humanity of Christ, that he sunk himself into our flesh, is beyond all human understanding. That God is fully divine, and yet he took upon himself this human body to live among us and really to be rejected by us in that process. You know, that's certainly beyond me. I, I can't even comprehend that. But as I read my Bible, one thing becomes very, very clear for me. And that is, my redemption and your redemption was impossible without him doing that. It's impossible for me to live a life that would be pleasing enough to God that I would earn my salvation. Turn with me to John three sixteen. Do we? Do we have that? Okay. John three sixteen it says, For God so loved the world, for God so loved Kathy Weeks, God so loved Craig, Mary Everyone in this room, each individual in this room, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That's what Christmas is all about. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. Simple belief, people say. Uh, You know, uh, I think there's a difference between believing and receiving when it comes to Christ. If you would have asked me before I got saved, if I believed in God... And if I believed in Jesus Christ, if I believed in the virgin birth and the uh, crucifixion of Christ, I would have said, yes, I believe that. And yet I wasn't saved. Uh, it wasn't until a pastor explained to me and made it clear that believing has to do with surrendering my life and accepting him as Lord, as the master of my life. It's not a simple belief. It's it's understanding that it has a commitment that comes with it when I say I believe in Jesus Christ and I've committed my life to him. Romans 10.9 says this, that if you would confess with your mouth, and in the NASB and the ESV and the NIV, it says, Jesus as Lord... And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him would not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's three things in that verse that are important. First of all, do I believe that Jesus, God raised Jesus Christ from the dead? And you know, when I was asked that question, I did believe that. The second thing, it says, would I confess him as Lord? And that's when the pastor took some time and explained to me what a Lord was, a master. Well, I'd, would I surrender my life to him? Let him be the Lord of my life. And the third thing is, is confessing him with my mouth. Actually, you can do that through prayer, but eventually it comes out in our words to those who are around us. We're going to tell them, I got saved. I've given my life to Christ. Eventually it comes out. Ephesians two eight and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Back in 1999, this was a gift to me, and Sherry, actually. Her name is on it, too. And um, the person who bought it for us went to the store and paid for it, brought it home, wrapped it all up, and presented it to us. You know, Christ has done the same thing in offering us Salvation. You know, He paid the price for our salvation. It was wrapped up and put in the person of Jesus Christ, and He offers it to us. When does that gift become ours, really? Not until we receive it. Not until we take it does it become ours. And that's really where we are, where the world is at they may know of Jesus Christ i was surprised to to, under, uh, to as i was studying or researching on this as i looked into it they were saying that 96% of christians in the united states of which there's about 400 million uh, 400 million people no 400 million people right 96% of them will celebrate christmas 78% of the unsaved of the other religions will celebrate christmas as well but there's a big difference between the two of us the one the the believer understands what christ is all about the unbeliever it's a celebration that revolves around a, cre- a tree and a, a jolly old man and and everything else. They have no reality of the gift that's really being offered to them. That this um, opportunity, this season, rarely represents. It was. Uh, it's always exciting to see the kids up here. You know, to uh, to. Uh, uh, to have them stand up and to sing the, the Christmas carols, and to see all that—you know—it's said that that uh, Christmas is for children. You know, and it is. I believe that one hundred percent, Christmas is for children, and we are all the children of God. Christmas really should be for us. It should be all about our relationship with Him. With all the distractions and busyness of Christmas let us not forget the wonder and the miracle of the greatest gift ever given to us. May we never lose the wonder or take for granted this opportunity to celebrate our Savior and His love for us, and God and His love for us. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that you were willing to give us such a great gift. Lord, may in the quietness of December 25th or 24th, may we take some time and reflect, Father, upon this great gift that you have given us. May we put aside all the busyness that can become so wearisome, Father, and The drudgery and the responsibility of buying gifts and making sure they're just right and wrapping packages. And so many things, Father, that in many ways takes away from the real um, excitement of Christmas. Because really, Lord, it's all about knowing you. And Father, may we reflect upon that and the greatest gift that you have ever given, Father, our salvation and that we are able to enjoy that and celebrate it, Father, on Christmas. We love you, Lord, and thank you for your faithfulness and love for us. In Christ's name, amen.